0: of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
1: a way when there is no way. He is still the one who parts the waters and makes this a highway out of the sea. So if you need a way, he's still that way. Hallelujah.
2: we you can't break through, no Mountain you can't move All things are possible There's no broken body You can't raise, no Soul that you can't save All things are possible The darkest night you can light it up on your throne. So why should my heart feet what you've defeated. I will trust in you alone. Cause there's no reason why you can't break through. No mountain you can't move are possible there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up
1: the Lord saying that someone needs to know that he's already won. So whatever battle you're going through, he has already defeated it. He defeated the grave. The enemy thought he won when Jesus was nailed to that cross, but there was victory in that. We got a closeness with the father that we didn't have before that happened. So he has already won your battle. Just lean in on him.
2: The echo of my dreams in the wee With the key
3: Let me see. Who believes that? Now, you know, sometimes life gets so crazy, we forget about the goodness of God. We get so distracted on all this other stuff. The good things that God has provided and given us, is right in front of us. We're so distracted and we forget about the goodness of him. Amen? So how about this? Before I know that God, one more song before we're done with our worship this morning. But how about for a moment, let's just reflect on the goodness of God. Let's thank him for his goodness, amen. Let's let's even meditate on his goodness, Lord. You're so good, and we worship you today, Jesus. Thank you so much for all the things that you bring to our lives, Lord. The wonders of, of who you are. God, you love us so much, and your mercies are new every single morning. We're so thankful for that, Lord the goodness of who you are, how it shows up in our everyday lives. And no matter what is happening in this world, that we see it, Lord, and we grab a hold of it, that you will always uphold your name. For your name's sake, you do good things. And we thank you for it, we worship you for it, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, we worship you today. In Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah. Well, if you're new here, we would love for you to grab one of these little papers that are located right in front of you and fill it out so we can get to know you a little better. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning.
3: Hey, family of Faith, it's good to have you today. To... Amen. Now, we, we say, uh, um, when we call ourselves a family of faith, we mean it. Tithe and offering time. So if you have something to give, go ahead and, and prepare that. Um, uh, there's an offering envelope in, in the chair in front of you. If, if, you, know, if you don't, uh, if not one in front of you, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. But uh, our tithe and offering is part of our worship, and it's an extension of, of our time in expression to God. So we ask, uh, how many of y'all believe God is a good God? We all say, Amen. But why, why do you give? Because God's a good God. And you're responding to his goodness, amen? That's what tithe and offering is all about. So our tithe is, is 10% of our increase of life and then offering whatever is dropped upon your heart to give above and beyond that. So as we give today, we just, we just express, God, you are good. Amen. I'm going to pray over that, so if you have something to give, you can bring it down this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to come to your house once again this morning and spend time with our family of faith and and worship you. And as we give today, Lord, we give in faith because you are our provider. And, Lord, we we stand in your goodness. All the things that, that we have and all the things that we are are because you are a good and loving and giving God. So I pray that in all that we do, we live in a life of faith in response to that. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. If you have something, you can bring it on down today. And uh, just to have a couple of announcements. Um, First off, where's Josh? Josh, come up real real quick. I need Josh to announce uh, about next Sunday for the youth real fast. Because I was announcing it, but Josh wanted to give more details. I was not being detailed enough correct? Okay, so that's next Sunday, 3 o'clock, 5th to 12th grade, right here, and they got some Olympic-inspired water games, is that correct? Okay, it'll be a good time, right? So if you have questions, you can see Josh about that. And uh, by the way, we pray for Josh this week. His grandmother passed away the other day, so keep Josh in your prayers. It's always hard um, when those kind of things happen in life. But, um, Amen. So, next Sunday, youth. uh, And the other announcement is today, right after service, we have our yearly vision updating uh, time with you. So, um, we want to update you on our finances, uh, what's going on with the building renovation. And just some other visionary things. So, I hope you all are staying because we ordered a whole bunch of pizza. So, um, I hope everybody's going to hang out for a while. Uh, so, if you're a member of this church, you can stay. But if you're just curious about uh, what's going on here, you're welcome to stay also if you're new with us. So, uh, we'll, we'll end roughly near normal time and then Margaret's going to go get the pizza, come back, and I'll start the meeting. When the pizza comes, we'll eat and keep on with the meeting. So, it shouldn't last too awful long. Um, but just want to update you on everything that's happening with the church. And if you have any questions. Then beyond that, uh, if if you want to hang out after that, they put some games together. So if you like to play games and whatnot, board games, different things like that, uh, they're going to hang out this afternoon and do that. So if you have questions, you can see Kelly or even Samara about that, and uh, so an afternoon of of gaming. And then Joy Fellowship wanted to meet today on top of that. So we got our vision meeting, then we got uh, afternoon hanging out, playing some games in Joy Fellowship at 5 o'clock, and everybody's involved in Joy Fellowship. You know the drill, so if you want to bring some food back out for that and hang out, that'll be a good time. So that's all I have today. Thank you, Chamberlain. And you guys can get your Bibles out. We're going to get into the word this morning. you'll excuse me, my voice is a little raspy. I was getting over a little head cold. That's been going around. How many of y'all had a head cold recently? My goodness. It's been kind of moving around a little bit. But anyways, uh, excuse me, just want to encourage you. We're going to go to Psalm 23 today. It's where we've been the last couple of weeks. we want to close that out today, Psalm 23. But before we do that, uh, Justice, or or I think it's Lila back there, if you could put up Psalm chapter 46 and verse number 1. We were talking about this a little bit Wednesday night. Let me uh, just bring this back up to you. Psalm 46.1. You know, uh, everything that is happening in our world right now, and it's a lot. Uh, You you could, just just a week ago, there there was the earthquake in Haiti. Everybody, you know, it's, it's so many deaths and casualties. A large earthquake, then, then obviously you have the situation in Afghanistan going on, and then, then you obviously have everything still happening with the virus and all of the things that, that people are facing because of that. Uh, and then and that doesn't even count all the personal things in your life. So, what we want to do as believers? How many of y'all trust God? So, okay, here's the deal: that we are not in a place that we're overwhelmed. Amen. But at the same time that you're not in a place where you're just kind of ignoring everything either. You know, the Bible says in Psalm uh, 46.1, it says, uh, let's see, here we go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. How many of y'all believe that? Okay, so as a believer... Somebody who has faith in God, no matter what is happening in our world, you can find rest and hope and contentment in him. Because God, God who makes all things, who's, who's beginning and the end, he is our refuge and our strength. And in any kind of trouble, he is ever present with us. So what we do as believers is we don't become overwhelmed by what's happening. We turn to him and allow God to be our refuge and our strength. And then what do we do? We engage with Prayer. Right, And we take things to him. So you don't want to be kind of ignoring what's happening in the world, but at the same time, don't be overwhelmed by it. Why? Simply because God is with you. And we were talking last week in Psalm 23. We can go there, Psalm 23. As we were talking last week, David writing the psalm, speculation about when he wrote it. Uh, many, many placed it in a time of trouble in his life, whether, whether it was when Saul was chasing him or, or maybe later in his life uh, when Absalom was trying to take the kingdom from him. In a time of trouble, David writes, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Death. What won't I do? I will fear no evil. Well, how is it that you can be in a place called the valley of the shadow of death? In other words, it's a dark place, it's a shadow. How is it that you can fear no evil? You can fear, uh, you cannot have to fear the things that could possibly bring trouble or harm or disorientation. How is it? Because even in the valley of the shadow of death, who is with you? God. That the Lord is whose shepherd? Mine, Not you own him, right? But he is very personal to you. He is my shepherd. And the shepherd is the one who takes care of me. He watches after me. He provides for me. And as shepherds do, they never leave the sheep. They're always with them. That God that David calls the shepherd, the Lord, Yahweh, capital letters in your Bible, Yahweh, the... the, the The great I am. He is my shepherd. Intensely personal. And that shepherd never leaves me. Even if I'm in a place called the valley of the shadow of death. And whatever that means to you. Whatever valleys you have been in. The shepherd is always with you. And because that shepherd is always with me. Then I have the ability to live life in absence of fear. You think about that. Because when I have faith in God, in other words, then God possibility is available for my life. That who God is as the shepherd, who is he? He he is the creator, right? He is the one that is holding all things and drawing all things and bringing all things. That's who he is. And he is with me. So even if I'm in this valley of the shadow of death, God is in that valley with me. And and it's not so much that God has left me, that's why I'm in the valley, but I'm in the valley, he's with me. Sometimes we think we're in the valley, that means God left me. God's forgotten about me. He left me alone. He's busy doing something else. No, God is with you and he's helping you go through it. Stay faithful. Because he is faithful to you. He is a good God. And in the midst of no matter what is happening in your life, the shepherd that makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters in places, of, again, of, of rest and peace and contentment, right? He brings these uh, to me in my life if I allow him to lead me in my life, you see, because even when it seems like I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, he is leading me to a place ultimately of green pastures and quiet waters, and the restoration of my soul is happening. Amen. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear evil, for you are with me. The rod and the staff, the strength of the shepherd, they, they comfort me. And it goes to where we wanted to go today. So last couple of weeks, we were in the first couple of parts of, of Psalm 23. So where we're going to go today is he prepares a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy or goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. And this is something I keep saying over the last couple weeks. You think about this. When, when, I hope you're at a place, again, uh, that, that you're praying the Psalms, that, that Scripture, again, is not just something you know, but it's settling down into you. And whenever you read Psalm 23, you recite Psalm 23, isn't Psalm 23 a calming Scripture in the Bible? You think about that. So when you start to say, Lord is my shepherd, there's something about it just kind of goes, Calms you down. Now remember, again, David most likely wrote this in a time of trouble in his life. He's maybe fleeing from Absalom, losing his kingdom. He's facing the the possibility of physical death that they're going to come get him and kill him. In the midst of it, he writes, The Lord is my shepherd. Calming. I shall not want. You see? There's got to be a place that you have in walking with God that he's able to calm you in the midst of what's going on in life. To the point that in the presence of your enemies, think about this, in the presence of your enemies, he prepares a table before you. Now, if you go through the scriptures, there's all sorts of references to feast, right, and eating together, correct, that the table manners of Jesus meant a lot in the Gospels. So the two images you see in Psalm 23 of God, are he is is the shepherd, but he's also the, the banquet master. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And in the midst of troubles of life, God will bring a feast to you. Think about that. And the feast of provision, the feast of reminding that Reminding you again that He is there with you even when there are enemies lurking about. God is taking us, and we see the great image in the book of Revelation of the marriage supper of the Lamb when, it, when it's the symbolic of the, the everlasting time with God and everlasting presence with Him. But all the while, He's taking us through life in, in, in this provision, this symbolic of, of a table meal. You want to get to know somebody, go eat food with them. You know what I'm talking about? You really want to get to know people, sit down and share meals together. That's what God is doing. In the midst of of trouble, in the midst of enemies lurking about, he prepares a table for you and sits down and has a meal with you. Think about that. How many of y'all, there's somebody when they cook the food, you can't wait to eat it. Anybody like that? Okay, so my father-in-law is like that. The guy's a master on the grill. He smokes anything that tastes good, you know what I'm saying? His brisket, out of this world. So, whenever he visits, I always make sure he's going to make some food for us, right? We're not going to make the food. I know it's terrible being the, the host, but the guest making the food, but trust me, it's worth it. And whenever he makes food, I look forward to sitting down. So, like, my, my uh, son and my, now my, my daughter-in-law, we had their uh, rehearsal dinner at our house. And sometimes they order food, and my father-in-law made the food. He, he, he smoked rib tips. He made a low country boil. You know what that is? Throw it on the table, the shrimp, and all, oh, it, was, it was just so good. I was looking forward to the feast. Now, now granted, there were no enemies there that night that I was, you know, had a, in the, in the presence of my enemies, I, I was friendly with everybody there. But, anyways, I was looking forward to that fruit. You can always look forward to the feast that God prepares for you. If that makes sense. Because He's good. And He knows just what you need. And He's always, he's always coming in on that. I shall not want. That's what the, the shepherd does. Amen. But notice again that he's preparing this feast of provision and contentment in the midst of enemies, in the presence of my enemies. I'm having a feast with God. Now, enemies could be different things in your life. Um, It could be simply troubles that you're facing. There may be a person, let's just be honest, that be considered an enemy. Now, Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, in, the, in the Psalms, especially, you find what's called the imprecatory Psalms. Imprecatory is a word that means to, to bring a curse upon or something. So, uh, Lila, we you throw up Psalm chapter 3, verse number 7? I'm going to read you an imprecatory Psalm real quick so we can kind of see this, what I'm talking about. Psalm chapter 3, verse number 7. So this is a psalm that's being written. It says, uh, uh, Arise, O Lord, save me, o, o God, for, watch this, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, and you break the teeth of the wicked. Holy smokes. Now that, that's an imprecatory psalm. That is, that is the writer of a psalm bringing down a, a curse upon this person or people they consider their enemy. And and. Again, the Psalms are very real in emotion. Now, believe it or not, I'm going to say something that that may be a surprise to you. This is okay. Because what's happening here is the emotion of whatever this person is feeling towards whoever they're they're bringing this, this curse upon, they're actually turning it over to God and removing the revenge from themselves and letting God handle it. Now, the Bible doesn't say whether God did that. But the real emotion of the moment was this person or this, this group of people or this situation, I, want, I need you to take care of this, Lord. Because th- this is really weighing upon me. And the person prays this imprecatory psalm. You find these all through the psalms, by the way. Turns it over to God and then lets God be the judge of the situation. Let him be the one to deal with things. Amen. Now, what do we know about enemies in the Bible? You get to Jesus, and what does Jesus say? Love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Now, now we see, we see a, a shifting. So when Jesus is telling us to pray for our enemies, we're, we're kind of leaving out from the imprecatory Psalms into it because we're not always praying this kind of prayer, right? See what I'm saying? And there's a shift happening. Because everything we see in the in the Old Covenant, we see in, in the continuing revelation of who God is leading to Jesus that's leading to Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, right? Remember um, James and John, the Sons of Thunder, remember those guys, the disciples? I, I, I've, I've heard that maybe, you know, why were they called the Sons of Thunder? Uh, I I've heard that possibly, you know, it's different reasons why people put out. It wasn't necessarily a, um, a, a big, uh, what do you want to say, positive endorsement. It was more like, man, these guys got, uh, uh, you know, pretty tricky anger. You know what I'm saying? Sons of thunder. Let's call down fire from heaven, Lord, and burn up the Samaritans who aren't welcome to sin. Remember that story? And Jesus turned and rebuked them. Remember? And remember they're they're kind of leading back to Elijah calling down fire from heaven and all this different kind. Here's the thing. When it comes to enemies, you should not be doing things to people to make them your enemy. Right? But if somebody is treating you in such ways you would count them as your enemy, it's okay to name that to God and pray a prayer to God to help, but at the same time that it rolls into, but you're not then calling down fire from heaven and doing all this different stuff. Your attitude needs to be right. So, there, there are times that you face the enemy and you want to act like Samson. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But Remember, you're not a disciple of Samson, you're a disciple of Jesus. Can I be like David and just... No, no, you're, we can learn things from David, but you're not a disciple of David. You're a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus begins to take us another way. So you can find, listen, you can go in the Bible and find all sorts of things that, that back up what you want to do in your flesh. It's easy to go to Samson and say, well, I guess I'm I'm allowed to just kill people that are my enemy in the name of Jesus. You right? Well, Samson did it, right? Samson did it. Why why can't I do it? Well, because we're a disciple of Jesus, and he's taking us somewhere, right? Because all the while, when it comes to the great feast of God, just know this. Eventually, he's also inviting your enemy to the table, too. Is that correct? And how do you know that he's not going to sit him right next to you? We, we think, well, only I get the feast or only people just, just like me are at the table. You don't get to choose who comes to the table. It's not your job. God is the one who invites to the feast. And it's everyone who would believe can come to the feast. Even your enemies invited. And what are you going to do if they happen to show up? Oh, sorry, you can't sit there. I'm still praying the imprecatory psalm over you, so you, have, you, can't, you can't have a seat at the table. I'm still praying God breaks your teeth. You can't sit down. Now, how many of y'all, at least into your adulthood, you weren't saved? Anybody? Okay, what if, what if a Christian counted you as an enemy, and because you weren't saved scripture, you're an enemy of God. What if somebody was praying a precatory psalm against you? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? So, so maybe, maybe we, in, in, our, in our emotions in these moments, we pray prayers of help and need, and, and they come out very emotional, but, then they're, but at that point, because you give it over to God and His righteous judgment. Then you're able to turn around and then go, okay, but even though I prayed that, I'm going to love my enemy. And after I prayed that one, I'm going to pray, the, you know, the salvation, right, and grace and mercy, right? So the feast. In the presence of your enemies is God saying in the midst of troubles in your life, I'm with you. I'm going to provide. And and here I am. I've never left you. But ultimately, he's inviting your enemy to a table at some point. Maybe that one right there. So don't be upset if they show up. Amen. God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Then he anoints my head with oil. This is uh, the anointing of oil. There's different ways that, that people look at this in the psalm. Some, some go back to the shepherd image of, uh, of anointing a sheep's head with oil. It had to do with, with healing attributes. It had to do with uh, keeping bugs off them. And there, there was a nasty fly that would, like, crawl up in the nose of the animals and lay eggs and things. So the oil was to help deter that from happening. But So it was a protection and a healing for the sheep. Uh, some look at it more still in the, in the, in the banquet um, mode where it's, it's the kingship. You know, who gets anointed with oil, the kingship, that you are anointed in a way you're a child of God. Right? The priesthood of him. Amen. You're, you're anointed. Uh, the anointing uh, very symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a guard, it's a comfort. But it's this table in the presence of my troubles, God is anointing my head with oil. So, whichever mode you want to look at it, in, it is a connection to Him that is, again, Him marking you, Him bringing healing to your life. This is happening in the midst of your trouble. Again, coming back and taking this deep breath and going, okay. I understand things are going on. But here I am at the table of God. Do you, do you realize that, that you can get so frantic about everything that, that God has a table sitting there? He's got, he's got the, uh, uh, the flask of anointing oil sitting there, and you're so crazy running around being frantic, you miss it sitting right there in front of you. If you would just calm yourself and sit down with him, He doesn't make you sit down. You notice it's there. You see it's there. You you respond to the invitation. You actually sit down. And there's this feast. And he anoints your head with oil. He he marks you. He seals you. And in that, even, even the cup is overflowing, there's plenty. Never running out, never stopping. The goodness of God never stops. My cup, it overflows. How many of y'all ever felt like your cup never had anything in it? You know what I'm talking about? Listen, Listen, you stay with him. And whenever the table is set before you, you sit down at the table. And you slow down. And you Stop. Enjoy the feast. I, I know sometimes in our life, we get so busy, we don't even eat dinner. You know what I'm talking about? We're, we're, how many of y'all have been, ever been there? You're just rushing around so much. It has to do a lot with our kids. But you're so busy that, that oh, man, I forgot to eat you know, dinner tonight. Well, who does that? Well, busy people. Right? How many of you never missed a meal? Let me see. You're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, okay. So some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't be so whatever with life that you missed the table of the Lord. It's right in front of you. I guarantee if my father-in-law showed up this weekend and he's saying, I'm going to smoke some brisket, whatever's happening in my life would stop. I would be at the table at the moment he told me it's there. I'm, I'm there. You've got to be the same way with God. He is providing. Where are you? He's giving the cup that never stops. So we were at a restaurant one time, and, uh, again, it was a barbecue place. You see a theme here. But, anyways, um, so I was just like, you know what? I'm getting a milkshake. How many of y'all like milkshakes? Okay, so, and the waitress was like, by the way, the milkshakes are bottomless. I was like, you know what that means? They don't charge you for a second one. You pay for the first one, and they give it as much as you want. I was just like, are you serious? A chocolate milk, I can drink as many of these as I want tonight on one price of a milkshake. She's like, yes, yeah, so I don't want any other food. I'm just, it's just milkshake all night, you know, that's what I felt like. It's like the cup never stops, it overflows. Bottomless milkshakes, you know what I'm saying? It's just the goodness of God, constant, if we'll sit down at the table with him. And then with that, it says, then surely goodness and mercy, some translations have have loving kindness, some have love, but goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. You think about that. Now, the shepherd leads, and we follow his voice, right? So we follow him. But With that, then, as we're following him, then goodness and mercy, goodness and love follow us. You think about this. So, Sawyer, can I use you for an example? Come here. All right, so let's just say Sawyer... Here, jump up here. Sawyer is goodness and mercy. He's goodness and love. Yes. You you are the great attributes of God. Amen. So once you're following the shepherd... Goodness and love follow you wherever you go. So I'm following the shepherd. You ready? You understand what I mean right now? Hello. Yeah. Okay. So I'm me. I'm facing life just like you. Life's not perfect. Life's up and down. But I'm, I'm doing my best to follow the shepherd and do what he wants, leading me in paths of righteousness. And because of that, watch what happens. No matter where I go, goodness and mercy is with me. Doesn't matter what I do. I fall, I fall down. Goodness and mercy is with me. I sit down. That's too far away. (laughs) No, no, right here, right here, right here. Oh, it's goodness and mercy. No matter what I do, you think about that. Goodness and mercy is always tailing me. And you think God leaves you. You think God forgets about you. You think God isn't helping you with your situation. But no matter what's happening, goodness and mercy is following me. And I can't shake it. I can't run too far from it. I can't can't hide from it. Goodness and mercy is always with me. Isn't that right? Can you have that kind of assurance that Sawyer is with you? You don't want to think about that. But goodness and mercy, no matter what, is with me. All Listen, all the days of my life, goodness and mercy is following me why because the lord's my shepherd he's my caretaker he's the one who provides for me his rod and his staff he protects me even listen even in the valley of the shadow of death goodness and mercy's with me when it's dark seems like god left me alone goodness and mercy's following me can you take comfort in that thank you Can you take comfort that no matter what is happening, goodness and love, goodness and mercy, goodness and loving kindness is following me around? And and you know, that, that follow me, it has the connotation of pursuing you. Now think about this. If David wrote this while he's being either pursued by Saul or maybe pursued by Absalom, he's being pursued by an enemy. But now when God's with you, even though an enemy may be pursuing you, what's really pursuing that is closest to you is goodness and mercy. It's closer to you than the enemy that's trying to get you. It's coming after. You cannot get away from it. Goodness and love is following me. All the days of my life, God is with me. And certainly then, we know and we believe then, that I will dwell... In the house of the Lord for what? Forever. See, goodness and mercy, all the days of this life, no matter what's going on, all the days of this life, it's with me, that translates in then the house of the Lord, the fellowship of God, the table presence of the Lord, forever. There's our reward. Amen. So comfort to you today. We speak peace to you today. By the way, we can speak in the midst of whatever. We can speak joy to you today. Because the God who is my shepherd is always with me. See, you learn to pray these kind of psalms. And again, I encourage you to start with this one right here. That that on a very consistent basis, you start off your morning, get up, before you turn the news on, before you jump on social media, before you do anything. You start your day and say, No matter what, Lord, Lord, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. You're going to make me lie down in green pastures. You're going to lead me beside quiet waters. You're going to restore my soul. Even if I find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. You are right there with me. In fact, the the strength, the rod that you carry, it's going to comfort me. Paths of righteousness, you're going to lead me all through, for your namesake. Because you God, you're going to uphold who you are. I'm going to walk in these paths of righteousness. Matter of fact, in the midst of following after you, then again, this whole, I'm going to find tables of, of provision, of feast in the midst of trouble. There, you're going to anoint my head with oil. My cup's going to overflow. I'm going to be reminded that your goodness and your mercy will always be with me, no matter what. And then some point, when you make all things new, I'm going to dwell in your house forever. Wouldn't it be good to start your day off with something like that? Then if you happen to turn on the news, okay. If you happen to get on social media, which I tell you a thousand times, you don't have to. Or you go to work or, or whatever it is you do with your day. Or maybe you have to go to the doctor that day. Or maybe, like, like Josh, he got news of his, his grandmother passing away the other day. Your, your day starts with the assurance of the good shepherd being everything that we need for that day, which reassures us then for tomorrow and the next day, all the way through the house of the Lord forever. To live in that assurance. So in the midst of a very troubled world, in the midst of a world that so many questions, so many things happening, it does not, listen, it does not change this. Do you know that? I don't care what happens today, that doesn't change. And you, you can, if you're a student of history, you can think of every crazy situation that happened in our world in the course of history. The Lord is my shepherd didn't change in those moments. And it doesn't change today. I don't care what happens. Tomorrow, the Lord still is my shepherd. And I still shall not want. And he's still going to take me beside green pastures. He's still going to take me to, to quiet waters. He's still going to restore my soul. None of this cancels out goodness and love following me. None of it cancels out that I will be in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't change. So why not rest in it? Why not find comfort in it? Again, you can be so focused on the mess that you missed the miracle of God right in front of your face. Amen. Amen. So, what the world needs right now are people who are light of the world. The light of the world is the gospel. Amen. The good news of Jesus Christ that we would believe. But remember the announcement to the angels by the angels to the shepherd. I bring you good news of great joy for all of the people. What is that? That's hope. What the world needs in crazy times is hope. But it's hard to give hope when you're frantic and crazy yourself. That we have hope because of Jesus. And part of the hope that we have in the midst of these times, we remember things like this. Comfort and joy and peace in the midst of all of this. Amen. So you take the gospel, and with that comes what the gospel brings. Freedom from sin, but then hope in a lost world leading towards what's to come. That's who we are. Amen. Isn't that who we are? Are we to be a light? Yes. Let's be a light of hope in a world that's kind of frantic right now. Amen? Okay. Let's pray. So, so I would ask, if, if you're here this morning, listen, you, you've got troubles. You say, yep, I've got enemies circling the camp. And life seems a little frantic right now. And, and, and I feel stressed. I feel worried, I'm anxious. Give it to God. Pray that imprecatory song. Lord, I need you to get in this situation right now and deliver me from my enemies. Name it. Cast your care upon him. But when you cast it upon him, then remind yourself Then you're my shepherd and I'm not going to want. And I'm going to find comfort and peace and ultimately joy in the midst of this situation. Because, God, you are with me. So, so, just for a moment, just cast those upon him. And I know you may have prayed a hundred times about these things. Keep giving it to him. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. These are so many things, Father. Things that only you can, can handle. Only things you can do something about, Lord. It's beyond us in a lot of ways. But you hear our prayers, Lord, and you hear our cries. You hear what, in the Psalms, like, oh, Lord, my God, that we cry out to you day and night. But we know in your goodness you respond, in your goodness you answer, in the goodness you are our shepherd. And I pray, Lord, for everybody here, no matter how quick the situation resolved or how long of a season it may end up being, Lord, that every day they find comfort and peace and rest in you, that are never overwhelmed, but stand in you because you are our ever-present help in trouble. So because of that, Lord, we worship you today, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, well, uh, as always, if, if anybody would like prayer today, you can come down, and we'll pray with you before you head out. Uh, obviously, today's a little different, so uh, probably in just a few minutes, we'll everybody gather their kids up, do what you need to do. Let's say 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, we'll start our meeting. They'll bring some food in, and, and even if you weren't planning on hanging out, you can hang out eat some pizza anyways. There's going to be a lot of it, all right? So uh, let's fellowship a little bit. So uh, thanks for coming today. We'll see you Wednesday night, next Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go, but hopefully you're all staying. But anyways, have a great, great afternoon.